Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, the podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I also live in Lake Forest. I'm joined today with a new co-host, Lake Forest mom extraordinaire, Sasha. Welcome to the show, Sasha. Sasha Castle, or is it Castile? It's Castle. Thanks, Pete. I am so excited to be on this journey with you. Oh, the journey to the truth, the truth train. Woo woo. <laughs> All right. We got an interesting first show for you, Sasha. That's for sure. Okay. One of the goals of the podcast is shed light on local issues. And with the elections coming up April 6th, the opposition party for school board sent an interesting email that my family forwarded over to me featuring a lovely post uh, from Facebook from Ginger, and it's caused a big stink in town. Well, we have Ginger on the show today. Let's chat with Ginger and let's get down to the bottom of what happened, Ginger. Ginger, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Pete. Hi, Sasha. So first, I'd just like to state that I find it ludicrous that a Facebook post from fall, late fall, early winter of teen could cause such a stir in Lake Forest. It seems kind of a silly thing for actual grown-ups to be so concerned over. But well, the point of my Facebook post, which has been spread widely around, and I don't really think that we need to go over the content of it. At the time that I wrote that Facebook post, I was in bed suffering from COVID myocarditis. And we were dealing with opposition party and opposition candidates within town who wanted to reopen the schools without precaution. You know, I am being portrayed in town as if I am a superwoman, quite frankly, because um, I think that it would require superpowers to not ever want schools to reopen. Um, I'm just as ready as every other parent in Lake Forest for my children to return to a regular scheduled Monday through Friday educational environment. I mean, if you were to ever have a conversation with me, you'd know I'm a proponent of year-round school. I don't even believe that we should have summer. I believe that we should have a few longer breaks spread throughout the year and not deal with the educational loss that we see in retainment for students over the course of a three-month summer. I love my children, but I'm just as sick of having them right up underneath me as every other parent is in town. The difference is I recognize that we have to follow specific protocols and safety measures, and there are too many things, or at the time, there were certainly too many things that were poorly understood about this virus and how it transmitted and exactly where the areas of concentration for spread of this vector were to simply reopen the schools willy-nilly without following CDC protocols. Quite frankly, I love my children enough that I am willing to tolerate having them up underneath me for a little while longer as long, so that we can open the schools in a safe manner. Where I, where I come into play in this, first of all, I, I do not know everything that's going on in town. Uh, Sasha's more definitely has the ear to ground more than I do. Here's where I come into play. I spent a lot of time with my fellow members of the caucus interviewing these fine people to get on the school board. And the, the opposition sends this post that from December of uh, 2020, uh, and anybody can go read it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's put a, a post out there they wish they could take back. It's not to say, hey, it's, it's right, but it's just interesting timing that they send this thing out and they connect it to uh, a donation that you made of $4,000 to the uh-huh. to the caucus, and my family members send this over to me and say, "Hey, what kind of people are you recommending for school board?" I'm like, "This has nothing to do with the people on the school board." Uh, it's no, it a- doesn't. I'm a private citizen. I'm not a politician. Yeah. I've used to work in politics. As a matter of fact, I was a senior policy advisor in Jeb Bush's administration and a Republican Party precinct committee chairwoman in Florida. I was an alternate delegate quite a few years ago. Um, you know, I'm not a, a hugely partisan individual. I sometimes share controversial views in order to stir conversation. And quite frankly, I don't regret making that Facebook post one iota because quite w- regardless of the language used in it, the point is clear. It's not the school's responsibility 
to accept levels of risk that put staff, staff's families, and the families of other children at risk for the convenience of a small but vocal group of people who are, quite frankly, too scared to face reality. And the reality is that this virus does not care about the balance in your bank account, the value of your home, or how easy or hard your life has been. This virus looks for weakness in the human body, and it spreads from person to person. Contact via the air we breathe and the surfaces we touch. Now, I don't know about you, Pete, but I have quite a few children. I have five. It is nearly impossible to keep a child from touching their face, putting their fingers in their mouth, drinking after each other, doing all of those things that young children all the way up to teenagers do in communal settings. And I do not see a benefit of placing children in a higher risk environment when their quality of education will be curtailed and extremely similar to what they are receiving through AVA learning in an environment where we are not even able to keep teaching staff in the room because of quarantine issues and health risk issues that certain teachers have. We are essentially putting our children in glorified babysitting so that they can get the same thing that they get at home. And, and frankly, you know, I recognize that there are parents out there who are not as well off as some of us, who can't afford to donate $4,000 to caucus, who are struggling during this pandemic, and it has been difficult for a lot of people. But that does not mean that it is someone else's responsibility to accept a higher level of risk and a, a level of risk that we don't, we can't even quantify at current. Right. I mean, we're sitting at a point right now where it is what, March of 2021? We've been in this for roughly a year now, and we have over 500,000 dead Americans. And you can talk about the economy all you want, but the fact of the matter is our economy cannot absorb the hit of another 500,000 dead Americans. That has an economic impact just as much as shutdowns do. So I hear what you're saying, and I think the thing that's really unique about whether it's COVID or the schools or masks, there are definitely people on varying sides and varying mm-hmm. degrees of what they want to believe or not. Or, you know, if you say emotionally, you know, kids should be in school, you can also find people that says school doesn't look the same. You know, mm-hmm. it's emotionally hard for children as well. You can find mm-hmm. doctors that are going to say wear a mask and you're going to hear doctors that say don't wear a mask. I th- do you think that you are being targeted because of your view or you know this post was out there for a while. You said you think that they were sitting on it. Why do you Sasha, think I was they- threatened when I made this Facebook post initially? I was attacked by certain members of our community sending me threatening private messages on Facebook. I essentially ignored them. The point, of the, uh, the point that I made to them is essentially I worked in politics for years. I've worked in cannabis for a very long time, and I think that's a major issue here. I think that there are quite a few community members who do not understand that I am not ashamed of my past. I'm proud of every single aspect of it. I have spent 20 years of my life taking risks to help people who were not getting the help that they needed otherwise. And the moment that cannabis became legal, and I pushed very, very hard for the initial legalization of medical in Colorado and for the initial recreational move in Colorado, I was involved in the social equity bill and the cultivation bills for both the hemp program and the marijuana program very quietly here in Illinois providing a, an understanding to legislators of what the practical implications of certain, leg- of certain regulations would be, essentially. A lot of times we have unintended consequences, and it's great to be able to talk to someone who's worked within the industry at a high level to make sure that you are not creating a bigger problem than the one that you are trying to solve, obviously. This is a medication, quite frankly. 
No one comes home from work on a Friday evening and smokes a joint because they've had a great week. It can be a form of self-medication for emotional stressors. It can be a form of self-medication to avoid consumption of other substances like benzodiazepines and um, opioids that are highly addictive that carry significant risk with them. Um, I, it, and it can be a, an extremely beneficial plant for use for people who have uh, chronic inflammatory conditions, autoimmune conditions, things that quite frankly, m modern traditional medicine has a very hard time treating. Um, I initially entered the cannabis industry when I broke my back at the age of 15. And in the emergency room, I was administered, delauded, and had an anaphylactic reaction. I am deathly allergic to opioids and have never been able to utilize them for a chronic pain condition that I have caused by a fall when I was 15 years old. I have used cannabinoids during that period of time. To, and during that period of time, I have managed to build multiple successful businesses. I have managed to be the youngest senior policy advisor to the governor of the third most populous state in the country. I have given birth to and raised five children, three to adulthood, two are still in Lake Forest schools. Um, and I have fought my way to very high levels in two male-dominated industries on the cusp of legality frequently operating in gray areas where state law and federal law do not align. Um, the plant is stigmatized. And, uh, you know, I lived in Lake Forest for a, an entirety of three months before I started receiving actual pieces of hate mail from community members, simply because they did not want someone involved in the cannabis industry what, living Ginger, in their community. Ginger, what, what, when did you get these letters? What, what was the time frame? Um, the first, the first piece of hate mail that I received was in the summer of 2019. It was the first year that I lived here. Because I'm, we're trying to narrow this down to the issues. And I just want to get back to the email that was sent that was forwarded to me. The, the email that was sent was sent because I made a donation to caucus to send out a positive mailer that made no mention of the opposition candidates whatsoever that simply showcased the strengths of the caucus candidates. And these are very strong candidates. When you get right back to the crux of it, during the uh, debate, it was made very, very apparent that the opposition candidates have absolutely no real understanding of how a public school functions and how title regulations dictate so much of what can and cannot be done. We're talking about a slate of people where their overt racist comments and the fact that one of these candidates attended the January 6th insurrection with his own children and proudly placed this on Facebook Live, where many, many community members, including myself, personally witnessed him and his children at the insurrection, an armed insurrection of our capital, is running for school board. Even those so, things aside, even if wait, these were really, truly decent, good human beings, the level of incompetence demonstrated during that debate is what spurred my donation. Hold on. I'm trying to keep us on track here, guys. So okay. the four, you, you made the donation. They're using your post and connecting it to the $4,000 to insinuate that the caucus okays people like you making messages like that out on the internet is that what the issue is, Sasha, is that i believe that that's what they are attempting to portray i do but i okay. don't believe that that is accurate in, in, in at all that is my personal facebook page i do not use it for business i do not use it for anything other than blowing off steam sharing controversial opinions having interesting conversations with personal friends of mine that i have met over many 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 years I have right. friends as far away as Iceland. It is a great communication methodology for me to socialize when I have the ability to socialize with people I'm comfortable with. And frankly, nothing that I say on Facebook should be taken any more seriously than an offhand comment made at a bar with your buddies. 
Well, let's be fair, Ginger. If I, if I would make these off-head comments in the bar, I'd be taken out in the curb and beaten up. Sasha, what do you... Well, Pete, what, you what, come well, from a different just, background than me. I, oh. I think what I... You know, I've lived here for, you know, almost two decades. I hear what you're saying, Ginger, and I understand so many facets of what you're saying. I, it's a personal page. I hear you on that. I understand the underlying sentiment of what you were trying to communicate. I think I see that maybe some of the colorful quote unquote language is maybe not keeping in with maybe the history of Lake Forest, but you know, like you said, it's your personal page. I guess my question is I've seen, you know, donations to the other slate being done by spouses or corporate names. Did you ever think, given the reaction that you've talked about with the hate mail and whatnot, did you ever think that this would happen and it would be so publicized? And did you ever think of using your spouse's name or a, a public entity? I know you you mentioned many different businesses. Did you ever think of doing that? Or did it, is Not this just so bizarre? Okay. I'll tell you why I did this. I wanted to make a statement. And the statement that I wanted to make is very clear. I am moving my children out of the Lake Forest School District, specifically because of multiple issues that I have dealt with since we moved here with parental entitlement and demands. Um, I have witnessed other parents treat school staff and our police officers as if they are personal servants. I have heard some of the most egregious and entitled and hubristic statements I have ever heard in my life. And I have witnessed more overt racism while living in Lake Forest than I ever did growing up in tiny little Camilla, Georgia, home of the paper shell pecan, might I add. Um, you know, I, I come from a world where Confederate flags fly all over the place, and yet Lake Forest is the most overtly racist and anti-Semitic community that I have ever encountered. And I have lived in many, many places in this country. I have lived across, I believe, seven states and 13 different cities in the course of my life. Um, and I think that's a very strong statement to be able to say that. But the point that I wanted to make is that even though I have made the personal decision to remove my children from the Lake Forest School District for the upcoming school year, and am in the middle of moving to the Stevenson School District with my kids, I still made this donation because at the end of the day, all children, all of them, whether they are mine or not, deserve better than racism, extremism, and incompetence. The end. That's, that's a lot to, I'm trying to digest it all, Ginger. The, the racism, like, can you point to anything? Is there anything factual that? I have been to Deer Path and spoken with the principal, the acting principal on more than one occasion because my daughter comes home extremely upset because she hears people dropping the N-word in hallways and making overtly racist statements. We have overtly racist statements being made by the opposition candidates. Could you please explain to me why me using the C word, which where I come from is not that big of a deal. I grew up on a farm in South Georgia. You scream a whole lot of things when you slam a 400 pound tractor tire rim onto your foot, if you get my drift. The language that we use is different. We are more colorful people. We wear our eccentricities on our sleeves with pride. It's cultural. There is some culture shock issue here going on. I'm sure of it. But that's not what my main concern is. My main concern is we have a literal candidate for school board stating that, oh, diversity is great as long as we keep safety in mind. Please tell me how having students of different races and staff and administration of different races poses a safety issue. If, if you are not making a racist statement, the only way that statement can be read is as overtly racist. Was that, guys, that I, was I, in I the no debate, correct? About. I'm sorry, what was that, Sasha? Was that, that was a quote from the debate, correct? That was a quote from the debate, yes. 
I can pull multiple quotes from that debate, and I implore every single citizen of Lake Forest and Lake Bluff to go and research title requirements for four federally funded local schools, public schools, and I implore every single one of those parents to then go, and not just parents, voters, to go and watch that debate and tell me whether or not racist statements aside, they truly believe that the opposition candidates have any business managing a school. These people could not manage their way out of a wet paper bag. Well, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm not affiliated with the caucus um, or, I, or, really, I am. or really anything. And I, I would have to agree with you, Ginger, that the, the debates, while they are maybe two hours, I think that they were very eye-opening. And I think everyone before they go vote should absolutely watch and listen and take note. I think that there were interesting points of view discussed. So I think that's, that's a very valid point. Whether you're a proponent of either side, I think it's important to know who you're voting for 100%. Well, that's yes, and I think people deserve to know exactly who these opposition candidates are. Now, you know, I'd say one other thing, and that would be that coming to this community with an outside point of view. Um, I've lived in many, many places in this country. I've worked in extremely difficult environments. I have dealt with difficult personality types and difficult egos to get around. The slate of candidates that was chosen as opposition candidates here. Let me ask this question. How in the world is one private citizen public Facebook post while suffering from COVID myocarditis with a harassing heart rate of over 160? I spent three months at risk of dying of stroke or a heart attack um, on multiple heart medications because of this virus. Why that private citizen's Facebook post and what, quite frankly, in the grand scheme of things, I see women in Lake Forest carrying purses that cost more than the donation that I made to caucus. If you have strong candidates, how in the hell is that threatening enough to produce this level of backlash? Did something happen in the past, Sasha, where money was donated by the other side. I've heard things that, you know, there are ultra conservative donors that might have turned people off from voting a certain way. So I'm I'm wondering if this is retaliation for that. Can you can you like talk to me like I'm a 10-year-old? Like what when was this or what ha- I, I really have no, I didn't know that happened. Like what's, go, for the people out there that are like, what is going on? What are the facts? What happened? Without going into too many details, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. When, when all this came up with, you know, Ginger, I did, I was taken a little aback by the post that I saw, but I, I thought it was very strange that the attack would be so personal against somebody that's just donating. And so I I did a little research and I looked at, you know, the opposing slate and they don't have many donations currently reported. And I, it, I did some inquiries and it seems like some people that donated to this group last time, um, people didn't like a name associated and maybe that's they're they're using that against ginger and the caucus this time it's nothing but political opportunism and it's an it's a it's it's a it's an it's a very common tactic used by candidates on the right especially the far right where they attempt to change the conversation and obfuscate the issues and at the end of the day A Facebook post that I made on my personal Facebook page, largely in jest and largely in response to what I was viewing as complete and total irresponsibility on a community-wide level and rampant idiocy from a vocal group of parents within town to be used to somehow 
change the conversation from the level of extremely well-documented and extremely well-demonstrated incompetence on the part of the opposition candidates combined with clear instances of documented, recorded, screen-capped, overt racism and the fact that one of their candidates took his children and wife to an armed seditionist act in our nation's capital on January 6th. This is a this is a desperation tactic. It is an attempt to distract from the issue at hand. And the issue at hand is that where I come from, what we would say about the opposition candidates is that they are all hat and no cattle. There is nothing substantial there that will get you anywhere at all. They are not people who need to be in charge of a multi-million dollar public school budget, especially not a public school system, experiencing the types of challenges that Lake Forest is currently experiencing. Now, the other side, the guy that's leading the campaign, this is a fact, has been a registered lobbyist, uh, is compensated if he wins. So to have somebody like that to run a campaign, that may lead to emails being sent out with screenshots of your post. What they are doing is actually not legal because I am not a public official. What they are doing is a campaign of personal harassment against a private citizen for making a donation to a school board. I mean, that, at the end of the day, that's what's going on. And I have been in contact with my litigation attorneys, and I have been assured that not only do I have a case, I have a very strong case, and I will be going after every single one of these individuals in court. Quite frankly, I don't care how much it costs me. I can afford it. Bring it. And the other nice thing about living the life that I've lived and having the background that I've lived, Pete and Sasha, is that I don't have any secrets. I can't afford them. Well, we don't want any secrets here. We just want the truth. All of these candidates have secrets, and these secrets come out. And litigation leads to that. I really don't think that they want to continue pushing in the way that they're pushing because the discovery process would be extremely painful for all of them. And quite frankly, I'm kind of tired of people acting like teenagers, swarming like hornets over something so minuscule as a $4,000 donation to send a positive mailer out showcasing the slate of caucus school board candidates, which quite frankly are some of the most qualified candidates I have ever seen in a local election. And you're talking to a woman who works very closely in local and state level politics for a significant portion of my career. Ask you both the opposition. Okay. If they didn't go around the process that's in place, then we wouldn't need the $4,000. Is that correct? Because We've done the interviewing, the vetting, and we put the candidates up in the system that's in place. They didn't, some of the people were not chosen by the caucus, let's just say disgruntled, and they say, well, I'm going to go run on my own. And that's why we need the donation to get the lawn signs and waste all this energy and money to, to campaign. Is that right, guys? There is a lot of what I see going on that with my history and politics and having run local elections, I can tell you, I believe are clear election law violations. Um, now, that would be a question for an election law attorney. But yes, I mean, I mean, we've seen we've seen a lot of underhanded tactics and these underhanded tactics seem to be a what are they going to do about it kind of tactic. And at the end of the day. Um, watching them place uh, political signs in public easements where they are not allowed. Um, I have had personal friends who have woken up and found opposition candidate signs in their front yards without their consent. I mean, we're seeing a lot of issues on the sign end of things that are very clearly not kosher. 
But beyond that, I mean, we're seeing a, a very clear situation. We're seeing harassment of and targeting of. They have doxxed me online. They have posted my personal address. I mean, they have done multiple, multiple things in an attempt to paint a target on my back. And this is after these same people made threats to me after I made this Facebook post in December of last year or members of the same group of people. And this is after I tangled with these people over the fact that they were demanding that children who had a memorial service that went so beautifully uptown at Lake Forest, at Market Square in Lake Forest after George Floyd's death, pay back businesses that overreacted and boarded up their businesses to the tune of $5,000. I mean, these, I mean, who does that? These are kids who had good intentions. These are skill sets they need to learn. And I'm sorry, I saw those children and I saw children who will never be anybody's doormat and my heart filled with pride. I cannot imagine someone attacking children for having a memorial service over something that was so clearly a great injustice. And the amounts of overt racism that I personally witnessed from the people backing these opposition candidates and some of these opposition candidates at that point in time was quite frankly shocking. And when I say shocking, you are talking to a woman who was born on the remains of an antebellum plantation in the Deep South. Ginger, there's I'm no- shocked. That's massive. Ginger, there's no doubt you are tougher than a $2 steak. I get, I get that. La- last thing I want to bring up, then Sashi take over. What I'm trying to get down to is just the issues. It seems to me that I, I can't find anything that the opposition is running on issue-wise that's different than what the caucus candidates are doing. Because, I mean, everybody wants the kids in school. Nobody is saying that, that, they, that they don't. So if they don't, don't have any uh, objective things to point at that they can do better than the caucus candidates, then they sent out this email with, with your post on it. They don't have anything better to do. I mean, to it's me, it's like... It's distraction from yeah. the weakness of the slate of candidates that they have. And it's an attempt to refocus the discussion with a both sides are bad argument or pointing at that. I know I did, but look at this. You know, we have a candidate running for school board in Lake Forest who, quite frankly, were he to win and then wind up prosecuted for the very clear laws that he very obviously broke. Do you have any idea what kind of national attention that would bring to Lake Forest? Do you have any idea what that would do to our property values? Do you have any idea what that would do to our property tax collection? Do you have any idea what that would do to our school funding? Oh, man. Sasha, help. Yeah, I mean, I think here's the challenge, and I hear what you're saying, Ginger. I know that that candidate has gone on. I've seen the videos that you're talking about. Um, Can you guys tell me? I, I haven't seen them. What, what are we, what are there we was about? a tweet um, by, I don't even know who it was. It was a handle that has about 11,000 tweets underneath their record. So I don't think it was a Lake Forest person. Okay. Um, at, at the time, there were lots of tweets being sent out that this person is there and that person is there and they're affiliated with this, that, and whatever. And uh, there was a tweet with multiple videos that state one of the candidates was there as if he was talking to a friend. Um, and that candidate claims that it wasn't him, that he wasn't there, that he and his son weren't there. So I, I don't know what's true, not true. There's definitely a video with somebody from Lake Forest was the candidate with that person. I'm, okay. I'm not sure. All right. So it's not a fact. It's okay. Oh, no, I've seen the video and I've seen a longer cut of the video, but more importantly, I watched the live feed on Facebook and the live feed on Facebook was posted by a private citizen in Lake Forest who is not running for school board. So I will not involve their name. They have since deleted their entire Facebook account in an attempt to try to cover this up. 
but there was a live feed that showed one of our candidates and his wife and their children in restricted areas of the Capitol during the insurrection on January the 6th. I've watched it, and I know countless other residents of Lake Forest who have also watched it, who saw that live feed when it went up and watched it as it occurred. Now this candidate is lying and claiming that he was not at the January 6th insurrection, but frankly, Facebook is forever. Just Which because you that know. Is, does not mean that data is out there and it can be subpoenaed and it can be found. Cell phone data records exist. These people are being investigated. And at the end of the day, they will be arrested and punished. That will happen. That is the foregone conclusion here. So, and I cannot so, Ginger, understand do you think that this the is... level of hubris and audacity that it would take to participate in an insurrection and then attempt to run for school board while claiming that you support all of our children, when we all know that the insurrection was based and, and spurred by a great deal of bigotry and racism. So, Ginger, do you feel that that video being out there was the problem that then led them to bring up you? No, I believe the problem that led them to bringing up me is the fact that the debate went so horrifyingly badly for their candidate. And their attempt then was to go into overdrive and flood Lake Forest with their messaging, which really uh, incorrectly portrays, uh, it's, a very, it's, it's misinformation, um, it's propagandist misinformation portraying the caucus candidates as if we do, if, as if the caucus candidates and their supporters do not want our schools open. We want our schools open. And Pete, I would disagree with you. There is a very big difference between what the opposition candidates are running on and what the caucus candidates are running on. What the opposition candidates are running on is an unfettered return to a typical school environment for these children, which would result in increasing transmission rates and deaths in Lake County and beyond. And what the caucus candidates are running on is to reopen schools and not only a federally compliant and legal manner so that we are not risking our title funding and opening ourselves up to massive amounts of lawsuits, but also so that our schools are opened in a safe fashion, the safest fashion that we can for both our students and our faculty. And unlike certain opposition candidates and some of their supporters and their community, I value the lives of our staff and administration and their family members just as much as I value the lives of our students. I, I sure. hear what you're saying that, you know, about opening the schools and your view on that. And you're not alone. There are other people that that view that that way. And like Pete said, I'm sure everybody's posted some sort of something about COVID and the schools and, you know, the struggle mm -hmm. over the course of the last year. Have you, let's put your Facebook post aside. Have you, mm -hmm. you know, engaged on behalf of the caucus or, you know, discussed no. any, has there been any other brouhaha on Facebook or the patch or next door, anything like this? about this election or is it just really about the donation no. and that maybe you don't fit with, you know, the Lily Pulitzer Lake Forest vibe? You know what I think is funny? I spent a long period of my life in Florida and a great deal of time in Vero Beach and I can't stand Lily Pulitzer. I didn't love it then and I don't love it now. So I'm having an internal chuckle slash that you bring that up. I have never been, I mean, I own pearls, I'm Southern, but I don't wear Lily Pulitzer and I never will. And I will drop an F-bomb like it's punctuation. It's just the way I'm made, it's the way my brain works. I don't have an internal filter and what you see is what you get. And that some people are going to like that and some people aren't. I've spent my entire life knowing that and accepting it. At the end of the day, if you don't like me, that's fine. I probably would not want to spend any time with you. We just saved each other a whole lot of problems. Like, I, I, I'm not, I am a bit of a firebrand. Um, I understand that. And part of it is because I say what I think and I say it loudly and I say it clearly and I say it in a way that resonates with people. Now, sometimes it resonates with people and they disagree with me. And sometimes it resonates with people because it really gets under their skin. But if there was not some truth to what I had to say, it would not get under anyone's skin. 
Sure. I guess the question, my question is more so outside of your personal Facebook post and the donation. No, there's been no, ex- there's been no exchange on Facebook or, you know, any sort of anything that would, would make you a target in their eyes. Not that, I mean, when I first moved here, I got into an argument with a woman in one of the um, elementary school pages because she was outraged that they did not send warning letters home telling people that their kids get lice. And my stance was that lice happens and we know it happens and we know it happens every fall. So why should the school have to spend money to send home a piece of paper so that we can all then walk around with you know, the psychological torture of randomly wondering if we have lice and our kids have lice and scratching our heads. We know this is a fact of life. Anyone who has kids has dealt with it. Um, about a month after that exchange, I received the first piece of hate mail. I was very clear when uh, Tom Cardamone left the middle school that there was clearly a reason for it, that there are a lot of laws and regulations that make it very, very difficult to fire someone in a position like that and that no school wants to suspend a principal, particularly not a, a beloved principal, six weeks into the beginning of a school year. And that was an indication that whatever the allegations were, they were serious and needed to be taken heed um, instead of these parents just demanding that he be reinstated without having any under and demanding that the school system violate federal regulations regarding privacy laws in employment. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I was very outspoken about that. Mm-hmm. And I've been very outspoken about COVID. I told people in February of 2020 that if people did not begin following the CDC guidelines, listening, using common sense, wearing masks, staying home, and doing all of these things, that not only would we be headed for protracted shutdowns, that we would have 500,000 dead by February of 2020. Those Facebook posts exist. I can show you screen caps of them. I did not want to be right. I was right. I did not want to be right. I have never in my life wanted to be wrong more and I wanted to be wrong about that. Interesting. I think you bring up an interesting point, Ginger, and that is, um, you know, and I say this because Pete said that he doesn't have children in the school system and might be a little bit removed. I think it's Mm -hmm. important to note something that you said, and that's, you know, when the principal cardamone issue happened, there were many people, as you said, that felt that he was beloved. There was a GoFundMe campaign for him to help him. Um, I believe he was compensated for a certain amount of time given, you know, whether it was his contract or vacation pay or whatnot. And this was to help facilitate some of that. Before that, there was uh, an assistant principal that had left under a veil of suspicion. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that is valid is that the communication by the board and the superintendent hasn't always been maybe what it could be to communicate some of the things that you're saying. Hey, we have a personnel issue and we can't talk about it. Um, But acknowledge that something happened because people just disappear and no one knows what happens to them. And then that creates this whole transparency that I think multiple people have talked about on the opposition. I think that that's a very valid point that they bring up. And I think it's something no matter what slate gets elected, that should be a number one priority to help heal the community and get, get, gain their trust. Would you think, say that? I don't fair? disagree that there have been some lack of clarity or yeah. in some of the messaging coming out of the school board, but having worked in government and having a clear understanding of what a lot of these title regulations and these privacy regulations are, the school board couldn't even legally tell people they, they can't, they can't put a lot of this information out there. Their hands are tied. Were they to do that, they'd be opening themselves up to lawsuits that they would lose. And we're talking about lots of money that needs to be spent on our students, not defending against lawsuits that can easily be avoided simply by parents educating themselves on what the laws are. 
Now, I think the school board could have been more clear in stating, listen, our hands are tied and we can't answer these questions for you. And here are the laws. Right. I agree. I agree. I believe that if that had been done, and I actually reached out to Mr. Simek at the time and suggested that that be done and actually offered to draft the statement so the school didn't have to do anything. Look, take it to your lawyers, have them review it, and then all you have to do is release the statement. Like, I'll even, I'll do your PR work for you, but messaging needs to get out there that there is a reason that you cannot communicate these things. And we're dealing with a type of parent who is unaccustomed to the word no. So we have to explain to them that the no is not coming from you, that the no is completely out of your hands, or you are going to be the target of a great deal of frustration and upheaval within the community. Like that's going to happen. Um, I'm sad that things went the way that they did with that entire situation. But quite frankly, to me, understanding what the privacy laws are, understanding the stringency when it comes to how difficult it is to remove someone from that type of position, quite frankly. I mean, the, there, it, it, it's, it, it has to be very cut and dried. It has to be very clear. It has to be very well documented or, or, or they're open to lawsuit from an employment perspective. You know, understanding that and then reading his resignation letter stating that there was an issue with reporting, he failed to report to me, he stated that outright in his letter, his resignation letter, and to still have parents who would not accept that as reality is just shocking to me. To me, that is not being an adult. That is pitching a fit in the target aisle when you're three years old because your mother refuses to buy you yet another piece of useless plastic. Okay, let me reel everybody back in here. I want to just kind of sum this up. Ginger, you moved into Lake Forest how long ago? I moved to Lake Forest in early spring of 2019. 2019, okay. So you moved in, people found out you're in a cannabis business. Your impression is that they didn't like it and they want you to leave. They sent you letters. Didn't you say they sent it, sent a, somebody sent a glitter bomb to you? Yeah. Someone sent a glitter bomb to me and it was on a, it was a birthday card and it was hilarious because it was leaking and the mailman had put it in a plastic bag because it was leaking glitter. Um, So they, I mean, we opened it over the trash can um, and it was addressed to Ginger R. Dewar. And I feel like at the point where you're sending someone hate mail, I mean, can we drop a little of the formality? That just seems awfully formal for hate mail on a funny note. But the card read, Dear Ginger, we don't want pot growers, and pot is in all capital letters in our community, and ours is in all capital letters. Go back where you came from. Love the soccer moms. That was a glitter bomb that I received. And my response to that is I don't like ignorant people in my community, so it looks like we're both out of luck. So that's that started it. Then we had COVID come into play, a mm-hmm. safety issue. You know, whatever safety safety to uh, Ginger is different to safety to Sasha. It's different safety to Pete. Okay. Right. Well, Pete, I'd like to interject something here. My interject. view of safety has to do with following the science, and if we don't know something, we don't take that risk. There's an, there is a level of risk there that cannot be controlled for. Who attempted here, here, G- to use Ginger, it as a way well, to my, my, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because we, we will go on another hour on the show on that topic and yeah, we don't have an hour. That, yeah. no, no problem. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to do is, I'm, I'm just trying to lay out a timeline here to just get the facts down, invite other people to give their point of view. You, you mm-hmm. moved to Lake Forest. You're in an industry that maybe other people, you know, turn their nose at for whatever reason. Okay. COVID happened issue, whether to send the kids to school or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the way, you uh, put a, a Facebook post up, which was screenshotted uh, by somebody on the opposing side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Re- recently this weekend, uh, that post was emailed to a, a database of people that said that you donated $4,000. And if uh-huh. you're the type of person that donates $4,000 to the caucus party, 
this Facebook post represents the people behind the caucus and the caucus candidates or an inference of that. The opposite. So my yeah. that, that that is correct. And my question to that would be, what does my personal Facebook post from December of 2020 have anything to do with people running for school board now? They're using that Facebook post to try to characterize that I didn't want schools to reopen at all. No, we just knew that at December of 2020, we were not at a point that schools could reopen. Right. They're characterizing it as if I'm making that, that statement today. No, we're at a point today where we have enough knowledge base and enough information to have an, an accurate understanding of what needs to be done to open the schools in a way that is as, as that where we mitigate for as much of the risk as we possibly can. Correct? Right. No better, right. do better. We're at no, a no, point no. where I, we know I, enough I got that it. We I got something. Ginger, I'm trying to throw throw a lasso around you, okay? And I'm pulling right. it tight. All right. So now you have the the opposition, which has candidates that the caucus felt they weren't good enough to run in the election for school board. Those mm -hmm. candidates felt disgruntled said, okay, fine. I'm going to go around the system and go out and run on, on my own and go get money. Okay. Then yeah. the, okay, this email gets sent out and because there are no other issues that the opposition candidates can run on, they have to distract everybody with this messaging that said, these are the types of people that are on the caucus school board uh, candidates. It, is, that, is that what the timeline looks like to you guys? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Sasha? Yes. Yes, okay. smoke and mirrors. Okay. okay, got it. All right, so now kind of where we're coming from is, Ginger, we brought you on because, look, there's two sides to every story, right? This mm -hmm. is your side. If somebody's out there that's listening that says, hey, you know what? That's BS. This is our side of it. Feel free to come on. I'd love to hear it because, again, the reason why I'm passionate about it is I spent a lot of time with my caucus brothers and sisters volunteering time to interview the best possible people, and it's being I don't know if besmirched is the right word, but it's being tarnished. These people are being tarnished because of an email and we need to say something about it because a week from Tuesday is election day and it's your kids. It's not my kids. I mean, I got nephews that have gone through the system, but I don't have any kids that go through here. I'm just trying to be a volunteer. And to all the people out there that say, hey, you know, the caucus is a machine, a system and whatnot. What really pisses me off is they won't donate their time to do this and they won't even donate their personal time to watch the debates to say, oh, wow, there is definitely better candidates out there. All right, I'm off my you soapbox. Know, you, closing he, statements, he, I want to add something very slight to that. Yeah. The fact that people do not pay attention and watch debates at local levels like this, or how we wind up with the kind of people that we have in Washington now. If you wanna stop us from having the types of, and I don't care what your political background is, there are people in Washington that you can look to and say, that person is a moron who does not belong in the position that they are in, how the hell did they get here? The reason they got there is because people at the local and state level were asleep at the wheel. Voting is a duty. This is a civic duty. It isn't a right. It is a duty. It is a responsibility. We each and every one of us as citizens has a responsibility to pay attention to these things, to be, to be active in these areas. We have a, re it is a responsibility. With privilege comes responsibility. We live in a very privileged world in the United States compared to the majority of countries. And particularly in Lake Forest, we live in extremely pri privileged bubbles. We have a clear responsibility to ensure that the people we are elevating on our local stage, who then may move on to the state stage and the federal stage, are the kinds of people we actually want representing us. And frankly, if my Facebook post with a couple of curse words in it, Stating that it's really stupid and juvenile and 
frankly. I said something controversial about if parents are so sick of their children, maybe they raised, and I will quote myself here, shitty children. That may have been a little far, but at the time, you know, laying in a hospital bed trying not to die of a virus that people are not taking seriously here, I felt like perhaps a bit of hyperbole was in order to make a point. And that's the entire thing, to make a point and spur the conversation. And the majority of my Facebook posts are not public. I made that Facebook post public at the time because I wanted the people who were making all of this noise to recognize that there were citizens in this town who were not going to just sit idly by and let them ruin life for everyone long term. There's a lot of, I won't say anything, or I'm not going to be open about this, or I won't post this publicly, or I'm not going to confront this person because of societal pressures and Lake Forest to fit in and be accepted from a social, a social standpoint. I was given a gift with that first piece of hate mail that I received. And that gift was, it was made very clear to me that I was never going to be accepted within the, so, the social scene in Lake Forest. So that affords me a little bit of freedom that a lot of people in Lake Forest don't have. I really don't care if other people like me or not. I care that our kids are safe. I don't care if people want to hang out with me. I care that they do the right thing and how they function within a society that I and my children also have to live within. And the society that I want to live within is one that respects education, that respects expertise, and that understands that we don't all know everything. And sometimes you need to sit back, shut up, and listen to the damned expert. Sasha? That is who I am in a nutshell. Oh, we got who you are. We got who you are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, there is no doubt who you are, Ginger. We hear, <laughs> here are my thoughts. I think I hear what both of you are saying, and I agree with a great deal of it. Pete, I hear and feel uh, your commitment to Lake Forest and what the caucus does. I acknowledge that the caucus members donate so much of their time, energy, and effort to vet um, candidates. That being said, I always like to use that as um, a piece because there have been times over the course of the last 20 some years that people come through as opposing candidates. Um, but I also agree with Ginger, and I think you said it too, Pete, that these debates are really important. And while I can see that two hours is a lot of time, I think it's, it's important for people to watch and listen. I think it's great that the caucus puts forth these people and they do, especially for um, District 115, they do it with a thoughtful perspective of making sure also that Lake Bluff is um, represented because it's not while the high school is located in Lake Forest, it does represent a greater community. And I think that that's a really great thing that the caucus does. Um, for me, it's not the end all be all, but I also think that you know listening to the debates and doing your research is also critical. And I think if people did, they would be aware of some concerning statements made on that, on that debate. So I agree with both of you in different pieces. Um, and I think it's, this is a really important election. Okay. Ginger, you got anything left in the tank? You got anything, any other bullets? You know, I, here's what I would like to say first. Pete, I would like to thank every person on the caucus. This is the only place I've ever lived that does anything like this. And while some people view it as antiquated and problematic, I see that it has some great benefits. Uh, one being that we have truly vetted candidates that have been through a rigorous process to ensure that we're getting the best of the best that we can have for our children. And that's one of the reasons that Lake Forest had such a draw for me was because of the quality of the schools combined with the size of the schools. And on that note, Ginger, Sasha, you got anything left? No, thanks for having me, Pete. Thanks for oh, being hey. on the show, Ginger. It's been real. Oh, thank definitely. you guys. And then uh, for the listeners out there, you got an opposing view. Come on, come on over here. You know, hopefully common sense prevails that may be asking too much. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear more about any upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete and can be reached at Pete at LakeForestIL.blog. On behalf of my co-host, Sasha Cassilli, we thank you for listening. The link will be in the podcast notes below. Take care. Have a great uh, rest of the Sunday, guys, and a special news edition.